This is Terrio Media. Success in real estate has nothing to do with shiny objects. It has everything to do with mastering the basics. The three pillars of real estate investing. Attract, convert, exit. Matt Terrio has been helping real estate investors do just that for more than a decade now. If you want to make money in real estate, keep listening. If you want it faster, visit reiace.com. Here's Matt. Hey there, Epic Investor. It's Matt Terrio from the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. This is where we show people how to invest in real estate with an emphasis on retiring early. Just kind of pull back a little bit on chasing those piles of cash and put a little bit more energy in creating those streams of cash. And uh, you do that one thing one time, just make that little shift in your mindset. You're going to get there so much faster. I'm not saying you can't flip properties. Go ahead. You got to make some money, right? And put some big chunks of cash in your pocket. But start thinking about taking that cash that you're making and shifting it and moving it over to creating streams of cash. The market that we're moving into right now is going to present more opportunity for you to do that than you've probably experienced in the last 10 years. So take advantage. Uh, this is the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. It's your first time here. Uh, really glad that you found us. Make yourself at home. If you like what you hear, make sure you hit the subscribe button before you go. And if this is not your first time here, welcome back. And thank you. I'm very grateful for you sharing this with your friends and family. You are the best for doing that. So thanks again. Got a great guest for you today. We got great guests every day, right? And uh, he is a real estate investor out of St. Louis, Missouri, who owns several rental properties, as well as wholesales. He rehabs, he funds, and he coaches students on how they can also become successful real estate investors. He hosts a weekly podcast, Discount Property Investor, has a very popular Instagram profile for real estate investors with lots of good daily nuggets to pull from. And he literally wrote the book on wholesaling. <laughs> he wrote the ultimate guide to wholesaling real estate, learn how to buy properties at a discount. So please help me welcome to the show, Mr. David Dodge. David, Matt, welcome to the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. Matt, thank you so much for having me. I've been a huge fan of yours for many years. I'm even one of the guys that hears your, such, you have such a unique voice. And I hear your voice at a bar in <laughs> In Austin, Texas. I don't live in Austin, Texas. I don't think you live in Austin, Texas. I don't live in Austin, Texas either. But I heard your voice and it's so unique. And I remember, you remember, I'm sure. I said, hey, I'm Dave. You don't know me. You have no idea who I am, but I know who you are. And I'm a huge fan. And I even told you this. I don't know if you remember this or not. I said, when I checked into the hotel, I leaned over the counter and I said, hey, I'm here for a really special occasion. Is there anything that you can do special for me? And I got a room upgrade. I can't I remember if I told you that or not, but that <laughs> has stuck with me. And that's probably in one of your first 10 episodes that you did seven yeah, or eight going years way ago. Way back. That's going way back. back. That's what's up. So Matt, yeah. thank you for having me. I'm grateful yeah. for you and your show and your time. And I'm a huge fan. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you glad you made it. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> the, uh, that incident in, in Austin was my first time ever in Austin. I was there for uh, my wife's birthday. And we just took a little weekend getaway, like, let's go do something totally that we wouldn't normally do. So that's where we ended up. And there you were. And that happens to me, that situation where you came up to me, that happens to me about twice a year. So uh, <laughs> you, were, you were one of those two years. I just moved here to Vegas. And I, my very first morning into the, the neighborhood Starbucks, it happened. And I was no like, way. Ah, okay. That's awesome. 
we hit our quota for the year. We're all done. <laughs> <laughs> My celebrity is complete. That's right. But well, I'm glad uh, to be a part of that, Matt. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, You've helped so many people, including myself with, uh, with, re- you know, learning real estate. So I love doing podcasts, being on podcasts, hosting podcasts for the same reason I think you do just to kind of give back, share some critical information, some knowledge, uh, you know, and teach those who aren't, al- aren't as far along in their investing journey as we are. So, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, so how long have you been investing in real estate? So I've been investing in real estate. I'm 35 years old. I started when oh I was God. 20 or 21. I was in college at the University of Missouri. I did house hacking essentially on my first three houses. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't know about motivated sellers or you know wholesaling or any of that until about five, maybe six years ago, man. So when I first started, I was about 20 years old. I bought my first property while I was in college. It was a four-bedroom house. I rented out three bedrooms. I got a uh, 20% down payment loan from my grandparents, got mm-hmm. a conventional loan, 80% loan, paid them off over about two or three years, rented out the house, didn't didn't make money on, on cash flow, but I lived for free essentially all through college. And I basically did that, you know, uh, about two and a half times through college, kind of overlapped in that last year there. So three times basically, um, starting at 20 and, um, the first 10 years of my investing was basically buying retail. All of the first 10 years was retail. I did not know anything about motivation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which in hindsight is just hilarious, right? Because there's so much motivation out there. But I didn't. I was buying off the MLS, paying retail. Um, and it was kind of, for me, it was a place to park money. I've never been good at saving money. Still to this day, I am terrible at saving money. So what better way to save money than park it in a rental property uh, with some leverage and let somebody else pay that property off? It also uh, gets that money out of my account so I can't spend it. So I always uh, have had that mindset. But for the first 10 years, I essentially bought about 10 houses, one a year, Mm -hmm. um, if you average it over the 10. And I was putting down 20%, you know, buying houses anywhere from 50 to 150 grand. And it was just a place for me to store some money. So I didn't spend it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then five years ago, six years ago, I decided I want to do real estate full time. And I started exploring like, do I really want to be an agent? How many agents do I know that are like really successful? A couple, absolutely a couple, but not a ton. How many real estate investors do I know that, you know, live very comfortably more, more of those people than agents. Right. So I said, all right, well, let's go this route. And I just started ingesting uh, podcasts, books. You were one of those first people that I stumbled across. Um, and I just started taking all this information. And I started buying a couple courses from random people and just reading books. And I said, all right, cool, let's do it. So that, that whole process took like two months, right? Sitting around, just taking in everything I could. Then about the next two, two and a half months, I was actually starting to, you know, trying to locate these motivated sellers. And I was doing some cold calling and I was doing a little bit of handwriting letters and a little bit, and I didn't have a whole lot of success. And then I hired a coach and he said, David, uh, and his name is Joe McCall. I love dropping Joe's name. He's a great guy and a good friend of mine and an awesome coach. And he just said straight up, and I tell this to my students now, and I'm sure you do too, man, but I just said, Or he said to me, David, you are not in the real estate business, right? You are in the marketing business and you can be, you can get in the real estate business at any time, but, but before that even is possible, you're in the marketing business. So if you want to find motivated sellers, you need to learn how to market to them. And I said, all right, cool. So let's do it. And I was doing some marketing, but not, not nearly a much. I was doing a little bit of cold calling at the time. So we dropped our first uh, campaign of, 
of postcards uh, with Joe's help. It was like vacant houses. It's about six years ago. And, um, and I had tried on my own before I hired him for like two and a half, three months. I had no luck. A couple of deals almost got to the table, map, but they didn't, right? I didn't close any. And then after hiring Joe and getting a coach and him telling me, hey, change your mindset. This isn't about you trying to be a real estate investor. This is about you telling people that you can offer them a solution to their problem and basically trade them convenience for a discount. And within about two and a half weeks of working with Joe and actually doing marketing, but as before, I thought I was doing marketing, but I wasn't actually doing marketing. So we put some money into a mail campaign and within two and a half weeks, I did my first deal and I did three deals my first month. Mm-hmm. The power no, of not marketing. first month, first month of having a coach. Right. Let's make that very, very specific because I had, you know, basically spent two months learning two, two and a half more months of trying. So that's four and a half months, guys. And then I got a coach and he just, he kind of lined me up. He said, you, you've, he's like, I can't really teach you a whole lot because you know it all. But he's like, but you're dangerous because you know it all, but your sequence and your, and your way of going about it is just everything thrown on the board at once. He's like, start here. And that's really what I needed. And that's what a lot of people need. Start here, do this, get good at it. Don't do anything else. And that for me was marketing. Right. Yeah. It's, so that's, that's a big, uh, it's a big shift for a lot of people. You know, I've got the Chris, Chris Warren, if you're listening, uh, he came to me and, uh, you know, he started doing really well and he had a, a good relationship. So he's buying real estate through relationships. And he kind of came to me after a few months and he's like, you know, Matt, if I want to do more, I think I have to become this marketer guy like you've been telling me to do. <laughs> so I guess I'm going to become a marketer. I guess yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, that's how you scale. If you, if you got a referral business, I mean, that can be a, a comfortable way to do business. It can be a lucrative way, but, but it's difficult to scale it. It's difficult to push through straight referrals. And, uh, you know, if you want to get bigger and badder and wealthier, then you got to pump some money into it. You got to invest in, in your messaging. Right. What does your uh, real estate efforts look like today? That's a good question. So today we, uh, we have a marketing budget of, it's probably like six or seven grand, maybe eight, you know, not, it kind of varies, but it's not a ton. Like I was running at like uh, 12 to 15,000 a month in marketing spend for about 18 months. Mm-hmm. And um, we were doing a ton of deals, but I just decided, you know what? It's a lot of this is just extra work. It's like the 80, 20 principle, right? So we, probably about, oh, I don't know, maybe seven, eight months ago, we decided, hey, let's just quit chasing deals. Let's cut our marketing budget down and let's just, you know, let's just offer a level of convenience that's superior to everybody else in town. But in, but in return for that, we, we are going to have to require and demand a discount. So we, we just kind of, we just said, hey, so we still do a lot of marketing. I'm on the radio. We spend uh, two to 3000 a month on the radio. We do uh, a lot of um, driving for dollars, which relates to skip tracing. Um, and then from there, we take that data and we do some cold calling and some cold texting. From that data there, we do buy lists um, as well for cold calling and cold texting. And we do do some direct mail as well. So, you know, we have a decent marketing budget, but it's, it's almost a third of what it, of what it was. Um, we've cut back and um, it's been, it's been really good because the amount of leads that we are coming in, you know, maybe it's maybe half of what they were. Um, however, we have more time to work each of those, nurture more of those. And actually the percentage of deals has gone way up since we've scaled back. So mm-hmm. at this point, we're just trying to, again, offer a higher level of convenience than our competitors 
to these people and really build a relationship with them versus just call and see if they're motivated and then just say, okay, sorry, I can't help you. Here's my offer. Goodbye type of thing. Um, So that's kind of where we're at. We do uh, quite a few types of marketing. Occasionally we'll do bandit sign campaigns. Those kind of come in waves where we'll just get excited about it and go buy like 2000 of them and throw them out everywhere. Uh, But we don't, we don't do it uh, like very consistently. Um, However, cold calling, cold texting, radio, and mail is all very, very consistent in our business. Um, and we do have a couple of virtual assistants that um, help with the phones, they help with the follow-up, they help with the inbound as well, you know, as setting appointments. So we've gotten to the point where, you know, we're doing on a bad month, you know, six, seven deals on a good month, 12 to 14, you know, averaging around eight to 10. Um, and we have a lot of the systems in place that just really simplifies the business. Uh, to me, uh, wholesaling is a job, and I think most people will get that after a couple of years. Uh, but I love it. I'm so passionate about it. I wrote a book about it. Obviously, it's the best place to start, in my opinion, because all of the things that you will learn in wholesaling and really marketing to motivated sellers will carry through all of your other types of investing that you want to do. So to me, we kind of have a motto at my office. It's keep the best, sell the rest. Um, however, we don't define the best as as most people would consider it. Uh, it's when we say best, we what we really mean is what's best for our company right now, right? Because sometimes you may have a wholesale deal that can make 10, 15, 20 grand and get paid in a week or two, whereas you could keep that as a rental and burr strategy it out and, and have be in it for nothing or have a great flip that makes you 35 or 40, right? So depending on how much inventory we have in our own pipeline, how much, how many properties are at what stage determines our best, right? So anything that comes in, what's the best use of us, you know, doing it with that, that's what we're going to do. We're going to keep the best ones. We're going to sell the rest off. Right. So, you know, last year we bought about 90, I can't remember if it's 93 or 94 houses. The year before we bought 98. So we're basically buying, you know, right around 100 houses a year. And then the exit on those is is typically a third, a third, a third wholesale, rental, and rehab. So, uh, again, keep the best, sell the rest. And um, yeah, that's where it's at. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I, I actually subscribe to that same philosophy of just be a deal finder, get another contract and then decide what you're going to do with it. Cause uh, you need to do with it today might be different than what you would have done with it next week. So you don't have like a solid answer, right? You don't want to identify yourself by, by your exit strategy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Short when you do that. So, yeah, you know, and sometimes we may have four or five rentals in the pipeline and we come across one that would make a perfect burr strategy, right? It would be like the perfect deal. But if we have four in the pipeline that haven't been rehabbed or aren't being worked on, it just doesn't make sense to just put that property in the pipeline and add to the holding costs and, and the risk and everything else. So the best use of that deal at that time, you know, maybe to wholesale or even rehab it and flip it, right? Yep. Um, so it's just kind of, you know, keep the best that come in and the best is defined by me and the best will be defined by you within your own organization. It really depends on what your goals are. You know, you have to have uh, your goals outlined before you can even put together a plan. 
So the best for us is just the best way to keep that plan going. And our plan, Matt, is to build up a rental portfolio and have passive income to create generational wealth. I think that your audience and your message aligns very closely with that. And wholesale is a means to an end for us. It's a way to find the best, the absolute best deals out there direct to the seller, eliminate the hassle, the confusion, and and agents, which often kind of get in the way. Um, we do work with a lot of agents, but direct to the seller is the way to go. And yeah, that's how we're acquiring our deals. So when we do our marketing, you know, we're looking to find properties that we want for our own rental portfolio or properties that we want for our own rehabs sure. and keep the best seller rest. And then what comes in that's not within that criteria, um, we'll look at it as a potential wholesale or we will just move on completely. So definitely have our goals in our plan aligned. And if you guys are listening, um, you know, start with your goals. That's really where you got to start and then figure out the plan. And then from there, learn how to start marketing and the rest you can learn from Matt or myself through these podcasts and, and whatnot. Yep. What, which, uh, which one of those marketing channels are uh, bearing the most fruit for you right now? Uh, it comes in waves, you know, like the radio, I can't target. I can't target like, you know, A-class neighborhoods with the radio it just goes 30, 40 miles in every direction. So those just kind of randomly come in. Sometimes I'll get three, four calls in a day. Sometimes I won't get a call for four days. It's very random, but it does generate good leads. And the cost per lead is actually pretty, pretty good compared to other types of marketing. So that that's very consistent. However, it does come in waves. I would say next cold calling and cold texting have always just, not always, but for the last year, year and a half, they have mm-hmm. done really, really well for us. I've moved away from uh, doing anything uh, with like RVMs or I used to do, um, I used to use like call fire and other services similar to that that did like uh, landline broadcasting. And basically, mm-hmm. I've just tried to move away from all automation within um the dialing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, of course, we have a dialer, right? And we have a system that helps text and skip trace. Absolutely, right? But I've yep. moved away from some of the more unethical ways um, of doing it and just, you know, uh, approached it that way. So radio is great. We love that. Um, and then, you know, cold calling and cold texting seem to be good. We do mail and waves as well. We are consistent with it, but we'll drop a, you know, mail campaign typically every six to eight weeks. We're not, we're not doing it every other week or every, you know, a couple of weeks, like most investors, uh, we'll kind of bulk and batch it up together when we do our mail campaigns. And those always have worked. They've worked since I started this business six years ago, full time. Mm-hmm. Back when I had, you know, Joe coaching me and you as my invisible mentor as well. Um, mm-hmm. helping me get that going and, and it's always worked. Um, so yeah, I mean, the thing is, is like, there's no, and, and I've, you, I've learned this from you, Matt, there's just no magic bullet to marketing. However, if you don't market at all, there's, then you have no bullets, right? So it's like, it, whatever you decide that you want to focus on and start doing, it will work. Just do enough of it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all of these things that we do, they generate leads in different ways. Um, but you know, all of it works if you are consistent and you, you know, put effort into it, period. Right. right. So tell me about the, uh, the current situation with, with the market and the quarantine and the, and the stay in place orders. How is this, uh, changing your business and what are you doing about it? It's a great question. So I don't know if this podcast will air in a week or a month, but today's April 22nd. It changed. I know the news changes by the day. So let's just talk about it. Yeah. So I like to drop in dates sometimes. It's April 22nd, 2020, right? So, you know, we're like 
I don't know, halfway through the, 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 the shutdown here in St. Louis. I think we got maybe another two, three weeks, right? So, you know, and that could go on and on more and more. So, yeah, it's crazy times, man. It's, um, it really bothers me when people get on the news and they talk, like, you know, drop words like recession or depression or, you know, whatever that might be. But, but we're not having either of those right now, at least yet. We are having a pandemic. It's like a totally different thing that none of us are really used to having. Like this didn't happen in 08 or whenever, you know? So times are kind of nuts right now. However, we're still buying. Uh, I went out on an appointment this morning on one that I'm going to be hopefully buying. Our listings on the sell side haven't changed a bit. Uh, we're still getting multiple offers. Banks are still closing loans for us. Uh, for our for you know for selling to to our buyers, um, one thing that has slowed down and affected the business a little bit is our private money lenders. You know, obviously have a little bit more fear, rightfully so. So they are a little bit more precautious about lending us uh, on the on the you know on the purchase. However, most of our lenders are real estate investors, so they just just because they're more precautious doesn't mean they're not lending. They're just wanting to do a little bit more vetting of the deal. Whereas you know three months ago, I could send them. A, an email with an address and a couple pictures and a buy price, and they've just given me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. So the vetting process has, you know, obviously increased, rightfully so, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit. But you know, all things considered, um, the business hasn't changed much. One thing that are I the do, conversations with, with sellers going. And so that, that was what I was going to do next. Going to get to next. Absolutely, it's a great question, Matt. So you know, one thing I have noticed with the conversations with the sellers is it has slowed down a little bit. Uh, because there's so much uncertainty with people selling a property that they may live in. So the vacant ones hasn't changed much, but the ones that are occupied, they, they don't necessarily know where they're going to go necessarily, or, or they, they don't want to sell a property if they can't get a loan for another one right away or whatever that might be. So, so what I've been seeing with my acquisition managers and my VAs is that we're, we're building a, a really big list of people that are motivated, but not, not yet, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they they want to sell, they're ready mm-hmm. to sell. But it's like, you know, they, you turn on the news, you see the same news I see, right? I mean, it's crazy times right now. Like there's, there's, we don't have a whole lot of history to compare it to. So people are a little bit more slow to want to jump into the sales, but I think that's super temporary. I think that there's going to be a flood of off-market motivated sellers coming in the next three to 15 months. I know that's a crazy long range, but I mm-hmm. think there's going to be a several different reasons for motivation that are going to be affected at cert- at different time points. So I really think over the next, and maybe sooner, maybe two to 15 months, uh, people that are in our business are going to have a lot of success. There's going to be a lot of problems. There's a lot of problems that were created, right? Right. And what we do is we solve problems for people, Matt. I mean, this is the simplest thing right. out there, right? Like, what right. does a wholesaler do? Well, you know, in the simplest form, they provide liquidity to the marketplace. That's it. That's all they do. Right, mm-hmm. and as a real estate investor and as a wholesaler, um, all that I do, other than provide liquidity, is just trade convenience for a discount. It's it's that incredibly simple, and that's why we named our brand and our podcast "Discount Property Investor." You know, mm-hmm. everybody that wholesales is a discount property investor. Everybody that's buying rehabs, hopefully, is a discount property investor. So, you know, all we do is we trade convenience for a discount. And when I said a little while ago, Matt, about me stopping to chase deals, you know, maybe, you know, not quite a year ago, but a while back ago. Um, what we did is we just kind of laid down the law with a lot of our sellers and just, you know, said, Hey, we are here to provide the most amazing level of convenience, but 
this is a business. We're real estate investors. We're not, we don't do this for free. So we have to have a discount. So again, we kind of started or stopped is a better word. We stopped chasing those deals and we just said, we are here. We'll buy them up, you know, but we got to get a discount. And if that's the case, you know, what level of convenience do you need that I haven't provided it? We'll provide it. You need to stay in the house and rent it back from me. Done. You want to leave 15 dumpsters worth of crap there? Done. You need to close in a week and a half, two weeks? Done. When, you know, traditionally, it's going to take three to five weeks minimum, if not three to five months on the retail market, right? So we know we have a high level of convenience and we quit chasing deals. It's really made our life a lot better because, you know, we're not chasing these people that aren't motivated. You know, we make it very clear. Our whole concept on this or our mindset is just transparency. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, we buy houses, you know, to rehab and sell for a profit and we add in for profit. We buy houses to rent out at a profit and we buy houses to just flip without doing work at a profit. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day though, what we do after we buy it from you is our business. We're happy to tell you what we're going to do. But it, that's not your problem. Your problem is this problem here. So I have a solution. Let's buy it, right? So we kind of talk past a lot of these things with our motivated sellers. And we just say, hey, you know, we're here to solve this problem. We are going to make a profit on it. You know, very, very transparent on that. And I feel the transparency approach saves me so many headaches, uh, Matt. I can't even remember the last time that I like got a phone call or a text because somebody backed out of a deal and I was like freaking out about it. Because at this point, I'm overly transparent about everything that, hey, this could happen. That when it does happen, you know, it's like, hey, I told you this could happen, right? It is. Let's move on. We could, we're here to help still. We need more time or a better price or whatever that might be. And it always ends up working out. So, you know, I just, I love the transparency approach. I feel that more investors should be more transparent. Um, you don't have to say wholesaling their property. Like don't use those keywords, but just say you buy and sell properties, right? Like keep it simple. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's worked out really well. Nice. I just got off the phone with somebody uh, in the Northern uh, up there in uh, North Dakota. And he has a, it, it's funny that the, you know, real estate is just local. I'm more on, on the side of seeing the major job loss and seeing uh, a lot of property owners looking for a relief and, and their house being their biggest asset is what they're going to have to sell to get that relief. And then uh, the person I just talked to, he had said, uh, you know, he see the listings, the listings coming way down based on a year ago, but the pendings aren't coming down as much. So he still thinks there's a lot of buyer demand. So he thinks it's going to be more of a seller's market. We are in the process right now of doing a little bit of portfolio rebalancing. We've sold a couple rentals recently I think we have maybe eight or 10 more that, um, that we're going to probably sell off or doing it because the, the value of those rentals has increased substantially since we bought them. And we have a bunch more rentals in the pipeline. So right now, I think I have somewhere between 61 and 63 rentals. I got to go check because we buy and sell them you know, so often here. Um, but we are, we're in the process of doing a little bit of rebalancing um, trying to pay off some bad debts that we have essentially and have all good debts and we're real close. So that's that's on the up and up and looking nice. So we're doing a little bit of portfolio rebalancing. But again, real estate is hyper local. So, you know, one market could be a buyer's market, other market could be a seller's market, you know, so on and so forth. So I don't know. It's so crazy to to to, to think about, you know, 
where we're going to be because I just don't know. But uh, we are definitely preparing for you know a couple things. One, I would say uh, for the flood of motivated sellers to hit the market here, hopefully soon. And two, to be in a situation where we're bankable and um, have the capacity to take on all these all these new projects. I mean, really, real estate investors, rehabbers, landlords are responsible um, for bringing back real estate. It's right. kind of up to us, you know? So people have to have a place to live. You know, mortgages, don't quote me on this, but I think they make up like five, like five or maybe 10, could even be as high as 15% of the GDP. So it's like, you know, the, the government's going to start buying these mortgage these mortgages from these banks if uh, if they if they have to they probably already are right so you know housing's not going away I, you know you can't sleep outside right you're gonna get you're gonna you're gonna freeze you're gonna you're gonna overheat you're gonna get Especially bit by in St. Louis yeah you're gonna get bit by a snake or a mosquito you're <laughs> gonna die yeah people have to have housing they have to have shelter it's not going away guys right. I mean. Let me ask you this. Let me ask the question in a little different way. So if I was your student right now and I was just getting started, what would you tell me to do right now? Learn how to find motivated sellers, learn how to market. And if you don't have any money, well then dedicate some time and eventually you'll get a deal or two, not eventually, sooner than later, you'll, you'll get a deal or two, but then the sooner you can start putting a piece of that deal or some of that deal into a marketing budget, the better. Because in the beginning, marketing is an expense. It's only an expense until you make money. And then that, that money turns into an investment, right? So yes, you will have to spend money, maybe you know, two, three months, hopefully one month, right? And it's an expense. But after you do a deal or two, guess what? Now the money that you spend towards marketing is an investment and it's money that you pull off of the profits from those deals. I mean, it's like a snowball. So no matter what stage of an investor you are, if you're brand new or you've done 150 deals, marketing is the name of the game. Learn it, do it, and do more of it until you can find that happy medium of a good amount to do to get a good amount of leads, to get a good amount of contacts, to get a good amount of appointments. And you know how this ends. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so as a coach now yourself, what, um, what's a piece of advice you hear out there given to uh, real estate investors that just makes you cringe? There's a couple things, Matt, but one of them that's just recent, maybe not my top one by any means, but one that was just recent, it's on my mind, is I have a lot of people on social media reaching out and they're not 18. They're like super close, so 15, they're 16, they're 17, or they just turn 18. And like signing contracts is a huge issue for them, mm -hmm. right? And it kind of makes me cringe because I'm not 17. I'm not 16. I'm not underage. So, it, you know, I'm not in that same boat. However, I'm 35. So I'm older than 18 and I can legally sign contracts and I don't even sign my own contracts. Right. So, so you can own a business and not be the person that's signing. Like you can have a, you know, a signature authority to people. So one of the things is I can't wholesale real estate. I'm not old enough. Well, that's not true. If you can answer a phone call or dial out, you can wholesale real estate, just partner with somebody who is 18 or hire somebody to be your signing authority. Mm. So I don't know. It's kind of a random thing, but I just get it. I, I literally get it two to three times a day, Matt. And my Instagram's, you know, it's going pretty well. So I got a lot of engagement on there, but there's a lot of people that just, they'd give up before they even start. 
because they yeah. think that they're not old enough. And if I was listening to this podcast right now, Matt, with me and you, and I was 13 or 14 years old, I'd be a millionaire by the time I was 16. hundred <laughs> percent. Right? I wish I had this whenever I was that young. So if you are listening and I'm getting excited because I am so incredibly passionate about this, but if you are not 18 and you are listening to this and you are waiting stop waiting. Start now. Don't worry about that. Figure that out whenever you get a contract. You think your mom or dad would want to co-sign or sign on that if you could give them half of the deal and you made 10 grand? I mean, come on. So yeah, it just drives me nuts. It's funny. uh, The the irony there is people think they're too old. This is a young man's sport. I can't get out on the street and hustle. (laughs) So what's the perfect age? Anyway, so David, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, what would be the best way for them to do that? Matt, I appreciate you having me on your show. I am grateful for you, your show, all of your education, everything that you have done. Um, So again, I just want to say thank you. Uh, People can reach out to me, uh, Instagram. My handle is my full name, David Allen Dodge. Um, And I'm all about just providing a ton of value, Matt. So if if it's okay, I'd like to drop two domain names, but they're not, there's no catch I don't have any sort of affiliate with these affiliates with these because they're free. I'm not selling anything, uh, but I have uh, created a companion to my book. So I have the the ultimate guide to wholesaling real estate. It's on Amazon, but we've we've created a companion free course that goes along with it. Uh, it's free, and uh, it's it's super simple to remember, guys. It's freewholesalecourse.com, and after you finish that go on over to freewholesaleblueprint.com. And it's everything that we do in our business. It is the business, right? And, and we give it away for free. Our, our, our mission is just to provide as much value as we can, help as much as many and as much people as, as possible. Very good. Awesome. Well, thank you for your, your generous nature and uh, your fantastic good looks and your amazing voice <laughs> and your sparkling personality. I hope one day I'm in a gas station and somebody says, is that David Dodge? Man, (laughs) (laughs) too funny. All right, David. You have a good one, bud. Hey, thanks for having me, Matt. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, take care. All righty. So if you found today's episode valuable, there's a good chance you probably know someone else who would find it valuable as well. So when their name comes to mind, please share it with them and ask them to click the subscribe button when they get here. I'll take great care of them. All righty. That's it for today. God loves you. And so do I. Peace, health, blessings, and success to you. I'm Matt Terrio, living the dream. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. You didn't know, homeboy, we got the cash flow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.